0: Happy New Year.
1: On April 28th, 1982, 33-year-old Barbara Mendez was working alone at the Park City Credit Union in Minocqua, Wisconsin. Barbara was a part-time employee, and she had never worked alone, but her co-worker became ill and had to leave early that day. Minocqua is a small town in northern Wisconsin. In the early 1980s, it had a population of just over 3,300 people. It was a popular area for fishing, hunting, and camping. It was a peaceful town. The last time they had a murder was in 1935. Barbara was married to a man named Robin who went by the name Bob. They had two daughters, Dawn and Christy. Barbara was active in her church, which she and Bob helped establish. Barbara taught Sunday school. She was well-liked in her community. She was a wonderful cook and loved canning foods. She was also talented at embroidery. Don and Christie said that their mother was meek and mild, but she had a rich and deep personality. 34-year-old Bob worked for an upholstery company. When Barbara didn't come home on April 28, 1982, Bob called the credit union's office manager, Helen Kepke. Kepke went to the credit union and she made a horrifying discovery. 33 year old Barbara Mendez was dead in a puddle of blood in the back of the credit union. Kepke immediately called the police. The police believe that Barbara was killed just as she was closing up for the day, which would have been around 5 o'clock. The medical examiner later determined that Barbara had died after being struck on the head several times. Most of the injuries were on the left side of her head. What was odd was that there were no defensive wounds. So it's believed that she had her back to the killer and then he attacked her. Also, the killer was probably left-handed. The medical examiner couldn't determine what object had caused the injuries.
0: He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC the truest story never told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show.
1: Initially, it was believed that the murder was a robbery gone wrong. Shortly before the murder, there had been two other bank robberies in the area. Barbara was worried that her credit union might be robbed next. But if it was a robbery, there were some odd things about the scene. The first was the way Barbara was attacked. She was most likely attacked from behind. Unless Barbara had been ordered to turn around, she probably would have not taken her eyes off the robber so she possibly knew her killer and felt comfortable turning her back to them. About $2,700 was taken from the credit union. What's odd is that safe was slightly open near Barbara's body. Inside the safe was $17,000 in cash. What type of bank robber would kill a lone employee who wasn't putting up a fight and not collect all the money that was readily available? One possibility is that the killer panicked after they beat her to death. Or, robbery wasn't the motive of the murder. One of the biggest problems with the case was the lack of clues. There was no forensic evidence like fingerprints, hairs, or DNA left behind. They didn't have a murder weapon or even know what object was used to kill Barbara. Nevertheless, the police did quickly develop a suspect. The prime suspect was Bob Mendez. The problem was that Bob had an alibi. Bob said he came home at around 5 o'clock. Both his daughters said he arrived home at that time. Bob was the youth minister at the church, a member of the group, a 14-year-old girl, only identified as Jody, said that she called Bob at home at 5 o'clock and spoke to him until about 5.30. Jody was best friends with Bob and Barbara's oldest daughter, Dawn. Bob said that he had dinner and then he went to church. At church, people noticed Barbara's absence. Barbara told them that she hadn't come home. A churchgoer said she'd go look for Barbara. Bob said that instead of going to look for Barbara, he would call the branch manager because he said that she was closer to the credit union. Although Bob had an alibi, the police were still suspicious of him. At the time of the murder, Bob and Barbara were having problems with their marriage, and many people knew that their marriage was in trouble. For example, they wouldn't sit together at church. Several people found Barbara sitting alone in a room in the church, crying. There were also rumors amongst the church members that Bob was sexually abusing 14-year-old Jody. Months after the murder, Bob was charged with sexual assault regarding his relationship with Jody. After he was arrested, life became incredibly difficult for Jodi. Members of her church ridiculed her. The newspaper printed that she was a promiscuous 14-year-old. Her father even turned on her and called her an adulteress. No one really saw that she was a victim of Bob Mendez. In December 1982, Bob pleaded no contest to second degree sexual assault. He was placed on three years of probation. Although Bob was a sex offender, it didn't prove he was a killer. It wasn't long before the case went cold. Nearly three decades went by. In 2017, Barbara and Bob's daughters, Dawn and Christy, contacted the Oxygen television show justice. The producers of the show agreed to investigate Barbara's murder. It wasn't long before they settled on a prime suspect, and that was Bob Mendez. The show star, former Harris County Texas prosecutor Kelly Siegler, talked to Dawn and Christy. They were 13 and 11 when they lost their mother. They initially told the police that their father arrived home at about 5 p.m., But after thinking about it for several decades, they felt that their father may have manipulated and coached them. He constantly told them they had to keep their story straight. They believed him, and since he was their only parent, they didn't want to lose him as well. So they told Siegler that their memories of the day of the murder were unreliable. A major problem with the case for Siegler was the discovery of Barbara's body he thought it was odd that Bob would send someone else to check on his wife. If he was concerned about her, wouldn't he have rather gone instead of waiting around and worrying? Bob explained away by saying the office manager was closer to the credit union than he was. But the coal justice team showed that this was wrong. The church was about 1.4 miles from the credit union and the office manager's house was a mile and a half away. The Cold Justice team talked to people who were at church the night of the murder and they thought that Bob was acting strangely before the body was found. They said he was distant and kept staring into space. One of the biggest mysteries surrounding the murder was what object was used to kill Barbara. Cold Justice had forensic expert review the medical examiner's report. There were two types of wounds on her head. There were four parallel lacerations, and then there were some jagged cuts. He concluded it was most likely a pry bar used in the upholstery industry that made the wounds. A pry bar looks like a crowbar, but it's flat instead of round. The flat surface could have made the parallel marks, and then the edges could have left the jagged cuts. This was an important clue because Bob worked in the upholstery industry, so he would have used a pry bar regularly.
0: Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show.
1: The Cold Justice team tracked down Jody, the 14-year-old girl Bob was sexually abusing at the time of the murder. She admitted that she lied to the police. She did not talk to Bob on the night of the murder. That phone call was a major part of his alibi. She also said that the night after the murder, she and Bob had sex in the bed that he had shared with Barbara. The Cold Justice team felt that they had developed a strong case against Bob Mendez. There were essentially four major aspects of the case. The first is that the people at church said that Bob was acting oddly before the body was found. Second, he sent someone else to look for Barbara instead of going for himself. The third is the weapon, which the forensic expert said was most likely a pry bar used in the upholstery industry. Barbara had been struck from behind on the left side of the head, suggesting the killer was left-handed. Bob is left-handed. Finally, there is Bob's alibi. Jody admitted she had lied to the police, so Bob's alibi didn't hold up. His daughters also said that they believed that they had been manipulated. But unfortunately, there was no physical evidence to connect Bob to the murder. But the district attorney felt that there was enough circumstantial evidence to arrest Bob Mendez for the murder of his wife. On February 5, 2018, nearly 36 years after Barbara's murder, her former husband, Robin Mendez, was arrested. He went to trial in April 2019. He waived his right to a trial by jury. The judge ultimately found him guilty of first-degree murder. In June 2019, 7-year-old Robin Bob Mendez was sentenced to life in prison. He is currently serving his sentence at the Stanley Correctional Institution in Stanley, Wisconsin.